Thank you. Look, Ma, I'm on the big stage. Uh, <laughs> My name is Cecil. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from same-sex attraction and severe depression. Hi. A huge portion of my life was engulfed in depression, a strong desire to be in a same-sex relationship, self-hatred, and asking God, why me? I grew up in a conservative church that did not encourage being open, honest, and confessing our specific sins. Although I attended church and was baptized at ages 9-11 and later in my 30s, my heart never truly embraced worshiping God. At times, church felt forced and insincere. I carried a sin struggle, which I was embarrassed to confess to my family, friends, and members of my church. And it consumed my every thought and action. As the years progressed, even though I continued to sit in pews in different churches, I could not fully accept that God loved me because I thought he made me gay. And if he did, why am I not to pursue a same-sex relationship? I could not comprehend this and ultimately left the church. At one point in my efforts to try and find answers, I began to attend a church that catered to my lifestyle. It didn't take me long to realize it was very superficial and I was only going because my friends were attending. Eventually, I stopped going because I was unfulfilled. Therefore, I tried to find fulfillment and satisfaction in bars, meaningless relationships, pornography, and wanting to be loved by friends, both gay and straight. Despite my search, the emptiness was still there, and the hole in my heart became bigger and bigger, and nothing was able to fill it. In 2016, I'm sorry, in 2006, Severe depression led me to isolate from most of my close friends and my family. As a result, I spent many hours sitting in a bookstore reading books and listening to music. I only mention this because during this isolation period, I met a guy who became a very good friend and many years later would lead me to Watermark. In retrospect, even though I was not in a place to pursue God, he was definitely pursuing me. He was opening the curtain for my eventual salvation. However, I would encounter more heartache, pain, depression, sadness, and loneliness before the curtain was completely open. While living in Boston, Massachusetts from 2009 to 2011, my isolation, hatred of life and God, and depression became so dark that I attempted to take my life for a third time. I was at such a low point in my life, I didn't care if death resulted in me going to hell. Being locked in a hospital room and spending a week in an institution, I began to wonder why God saved my physical life. So I prayed for a change and a revelation. After being released, I attended the therapy required by law. In one session, I was asked if I believed in a higher power. I stared at the ceiling as that question sunk in because at that point, I realized I had spent years running from a God that I intellectually knew, but my actions and the way I lived my life proved otherwise. 
I long for something to fill the empty space in my heart. I walked back to my apartment praying to God, asking if he would help me find a way back to Texas. And if so, I would find a church and dedicate my life to him. Within a few short weeks, an opportunity to return to my old position at work here in Dallas became available. I applied and I was told I could return. That was the first indication God was listening and had a plan for me. After I moved back to Dallas, I reconnected with my bookstore friend at a Starbucks on August 12, 2012 to catch up. At the end of the conversation, he invited me to Watermark, which was the second clue that God was listening to my prayers. After, I'm, after our meeting, I sent him a private message on Facebook and he responded. Indulge me as I read excerpts from parts of a much longer message and response. Hey Scott, thanks for meeting me yesterday and hanging out. I have been thinking about your offer of attending church because that's one big link that's missing from my life right now. I must be honest with you. The biggest struggle I had with the church is the perceived hatred against gay people. It took me a long time to come to grips with my sexuality and I can't go back to feeling ashamed of who I am. So for me to go to any church, I need to be accepted for who I am. And his response, hey Cecil, thanks for being honest with me. I'm glad to see you are comfortable admitting it and you shouldn't be ashamed to admit any struggles. As far as the Watermark's belief system goes, we are called to love everyone. And though we view homosexuality as a sin, it is no different than my struggles with lust and materialism. You're always more than welcome to come with me on a Sunday. No one is going to yell or call you out for anything. Though if you decided to pursue serving or joining Watermark, that would, they would ask you to confront the struggle in a group setting. I'm not good with words, so I hope this hits you with encouragement and has a loving tone. I would enjoy meeting with, up with you anytime. The first Sunday I attended Watermark was in November of 2012. I sat towards the top, scanning the crowd, thinking, this church is huge and very overwhelming. I don't think I could ever feel connected. In contrast, all the churches I previously attended were 100 people or less. And the irony of me worrying about being connected at Watermark is that I never really was connected at the smaller churches, but I knew I wanted this time to be different. I don't remember the sermon that day, but I walked out praying to God, asking him for guidance and to let me know if this is where I belong. For the next few months, I kept praying and asking God for guidance. In May of 2013, God in his faithfulness placed someone else in my life at a Camp Gladiator boot camp workout in Addison, who became the catalyst for me attending Watermark. This is the point where I have everybody do push-ups. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I accepted his invitation to attend the porch and Sunday services and never stopped going until one day I looked up and said, okay, God, I get it. This is where you want me to be. At one point, my friend Scott and I attended a regen session later that year but decided, eh, we didn't need it. Yet a few months later, I went through a season of feeling there were something, some deeper issues haunting me regarding my same-sex attraction that I couldn't shake. I kept praying and asking God what I needed to do to fight this battle. 
One morning I woke up and regeneration was revealed to me by God in my morning prayer. After that revelation, while serving in front lines, a friend brought up the topic of regeneration and he shared how God transformed his life through the program. The next Monday night, I walked in not knowing what to expect. It seemed a bit daunting and intense. After listening to everyone's stories, it became evident I needed to face my struggle in a real, real way using biblical concepts, God's words. The leader ended our group session by praying for each person by name and specifically for each of our struggles. When he called my name and prayed for me, I felt I was the only guy in that circle and God was speaking directly to me. I went home that night and knew without a doubt God once again was working in my life. My Lord and Savior Jesus Christ snatched me from a life of low self-esteem, loneliness, unhappiness, looking for acceptance from man, and longing for an unnatural relationship for love. But now I have been saved by his grace and love. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have served in front lines, equipped disciples, second Saturday, and now as a leader in Groundworks. I love sharing my story of how God transformed my outlook on life. I held a lot of resentment and bitterness toward family, friends, and even God for many years. The biblical principles of regeneration helped me to unlock those suppressed feelings and conf confront them in a way I never thought was possible. I no longer desire a homosexual relationship and have given up pursuing one. Thanks to God's grace and mercy, he has rescued me and given me true freedom from this struggle. I stand before you tonight approaching seven years without being in a same-sex relationship and as of May 28th of this year, two years free of pornography and masturbation. I can... <clears throat> I confront conflict immediately and admit my part and ask for forgiveness. Being in community with a group of faithful guys has helped me realize the importance of surrounding myself with God followers. They have held me accountable when I fall short of God's glory and have shown me how to be faithful in my walk. My overall pers perspective on life is not worrying about what the world thinks of me, but on my eternal life. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 helps me with focusing on my eternal life. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where th thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I spend time in his word each morning and praying for continued wisdom and growth. I am thankful for the love of God and fellow believers. My heavenly father has shown me what, a tr what true joy is in him. He blesses me in ways I never thought was imaginable. And to bring it all to full circle, my friend Scott, last year I officiated his wedding. 
As you can see, despite my stubbornness to run away from God, he kept pursuing me. My God wants you to run to him for true freedom in your life and his plan for you. My name is Cecil. I have a fantastic new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from same-sex attraction and depression. I am pleased to say my only identity is in Jesus Christ. My Lord and Savior, Savior rescued me from a dark life, and I've been happily saved by his grace and love.